A very special marhaba, bonjour, and hello to our listeners here at the Arabology Show. I'm proud today to be interviewing Amal Mathluthi, who will be performing at Stanford University at the Bing Concert Hall on October 5th, 2016 at 7.30 p.m. The concert will be preceded by a talk by yours truly in conjunction with Professor Joel Bainan, and that will also be at the Bing at 6.30 p.m. So arrive by 6.30 for the talk and stay for the concert at 7.30. Amal Mathluthi is my guest of honor for the next uh, segment of Arabology. <laughs> Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Aslema and alhamdulillah salami. Merci, aslema. I wanted to officially uh, welcome you to Stanford uh, on October 5th. This event has been the buzz of the Stanford campus for the past few weeks, and we're very excited to see you. Is this going to be your first visit to Stanford, Amal? Yes, and uh, I guess my first concert in the Bay Area. Well, you'll be performing at the beautiful Bing Concert Hall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amal, what kind of uh, program do you have planned for us, or what can you share with us? So I started performing a little bit of the new songs, which is really, really exciting because I don't really put the pressure to get anything exactly right, but in the same time, it offers me a lot of space to add some spices and some live inspirations and explorations. There's also one new piece that is almost exclusively an improvised live performance that we um, took um, uh, a little bit further from concert to concert and uh, it's it gives a little bit of uh, of preview of um, what the next next album will be actually. Uh, Amal, the last time we spoke last year, you were still uh, sort of recording and uh, producing the album Insan, and yeah. uh, and the official release, I believe, will be in January 2017. Yes, yes, exactly. So we are very glad to hear that we're actually going to be treated to some tracks from the CD even before it has been released. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to, um, to start uh, performing 
already what's because I'm even a little bit further than what's happening on on the upcoming album because uh, when you record something uh, a little bit after your brain you know continue continues to grow and uh, so um, so for me it's very very important uh, to do that and also um, I've been pushing the songs from the first album as well and so now they also have new versions that uh, I'm really uh, inspired by and excited to present. Wow, because your first CD, your first album, Kalmiti Hurra, is with no exaggeration. Uh, it is an anthem. It is a classic CD that personifies the uh, the, the the voice of a free Tunisia, as uh, the title song Kalmiti Hurra demonstrates. <laughs> is the second CD sort of continuing in the vein of the first one or is it a complete departure? Um, so it's definitely a turn, uh, a, a different turn, but it's also very uh, naturally that it's a continuation because it's the same person and I'm still, I produced the first album and I'm, I also produced the second one. So there's, there's a thought that um, started on the first album and that um, is pushed a little bit further on on the second one, so it's not the same ideas, but there's certainly a soul that is somewhere uh, in, in there, um, but with much more maturity. You you chose to call it insan, which of course translates as human being. Uh, what is the significance of that? I kind of uh, have the habit of uh, naming my albums a little bit under the name of one of the songs, and uh, insan zayif is the first song uh, because I was searching for a while for. Uh, I had the songs written and. Um, um, I, I, I performed them acoustically, but I didn't have um, exactly a clear vision of how to produce the songs and work on the sounds and make make them sound music, musically interesting for me to present to the world as a second album. And Insen was the first one that actually en embodied the the um, blurred idea that I had, uh, which is to mix um, the Tunisian percussions and rhythms with something very, very modern and very experimental. And I was very happy to um, to try to see to start to see a glimpse 
of, of that happening when we started producing in Saint Daif. So that song kind of remained in my imaginary and, and then when I uh, started uh, looking for the title for for the album I I thought that I wouldn't find better than just human in Saint uh, because for me it has so many meanings because we have to get back a little bit to our humanity in which we can connect with each other um, in which we can go back to the most humble state mm. so we could understand each other and love each other a little bit more it's a, it's a very humble uh, and uh, fragile way to talk about how creation can be very, very uh, exhausting and can take a lot of uh, the depth that's in you. Yeah, that is beautiful, Emma, very nicely stated. In fact, the word human is very, very close to your heart because I'm going to ask you about what is Little Human Records? So I've been um, thinking about having my own record label for a while, but the um, bureaucratic side of the things, the paperwork, and kind of scared me because I, I just like to be a, 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 a free particle that that's not necessarily connected to anything, and that's that's why I actually chose to be a musician um, so I could just float around and and just belong to my creation. But um, when I started uh, producing my second album, um, I really couldn't find any uh, support. Um, so I had a, a record label for my first album and I couldn't find any support for my new album, which I couldn't believe because um, my first album uh, kind of did okay to say the it least <laughs> yeah especially especially in Europe I mean uh, about, I mean even if we talk about sales and critics and everything and so I was really surprised and a lot of my friends and friend musicians they were just like surprised but I wasn't bothered at that point I just decided to produce my album because that way I really wouldn't have to ask anybody to validate any of my choices uh, I also I always like have an inspiration and some Sometimes when you have somebody who is just in charge of saying yes or no, like financially, mm -hmm. it would be very, very hard for me. The part that is selling the album, advertising, uh, marketing, I really wanted to give that to somebody. And that's where the hard part came because the album didn't really correspond to the ideas that uh, world music labels had about um, the music that they want to sell and the electronic music labels uh, for them. I mean, it sounded too different mm -hmm. uh, and too maybe authentic. And I really was angry about that because um, I couldn't really see the boundaries that would be a barrier for my music to be um, shared by people who don't necessarily speak the language. And um, so that's where I started like, okay, if I don't find anybody, then I'm just going to create my own label and just distribute my album and, and engage with my own audience and just as it worked for me in the beginning through social medias and everything as as far as I remember I I've always had a good connection with different audiences sometimes uh, my friends from home they ask me who do you play for when you travel the world and there are there are very very few Arab communities in most of the places that I go to so that means that my music can speak to people even though they don't understand the language absolutely and, absolutely and yeah and so that's when I decided to uh, run a crowdfunding campaign to uh, 
explain that to people and to also uh, raise the topic that as a, as an artist coming from a country that is Arab and in Africa the promoters and uh, the business side of the music they they always try to put us in in boxes right. um, where there's a context whether it's a political context whether it's a cultural context and I just got, got tired of that because I'm just doing music I'm just doing art and I want to be considered and introduced for who I am and for what I'm doing um, I'm very proud of my heritage and to I know where I belong and uh, and I know where I'm coming from, and my music carries a lot of that, but it doesn't mean that I only have to be or organized uh, in certain categories and and be not allowed to just uh, be with any other artist. Mm. And that's the sort of the independent spirit that defines Amal Mathluthi. Amal, I, this is, might be a little bit political, but in terms of when, when you say, you know, home, and you talk about your friends at home and your fans in different ways, what is the concept of home for you? Because you don't necessarily live full-time in Tunisia now, right? Yeah. So what I'm experimenting through my music is that home doesn't necessarily mean where you were born or where you are culturally um, where you culturally grown, nice. uh, have grown, but it can also be places that uh, adopt you or that you adopt. When wherever you feel good, wherever you feel uh, healthy uh, in your in your brain, uh, where, wherever you feel creative, that's what you can call home. Because yeah. there's just the world is interesting. So many. When I started traveling, I I really realized how how. I, I, I could care for, for anybody who had a story to tell, who had a human part to be cared for. And I, I just got excited so much and got enriched of many cultures that I um, have the opportunity to connect with, like music from different places, art. So um, that's also another another side that's that's enriching my music and, and my art is that we don't need to necessarily belong 100% to only the place where we were born or where we have grown, but it's very, very essential for all of us and for artists to also be able to connect personally with different regions in, in the world. Absolutely. And that may tie in with your per concept of identity. I mean, I feel when I talk about Amal Masluthi that your identity is very fluid, but you do have a connection that's undeniable with Tunisia and its people. Uh, Amal, are you able to go to Tunisia and perform these days considering the realities there, or uh, is this something that you are deferring for the moment? Uh, well, I, I am able to go there. I go there often to visit my family, but I, I haven't been performing in over four years now. So wow. um, I, I tend to think that somehow things haven't changed for me. Uh, because I wasn't able to perform on a national um, uh, level or platform. Yeah, on yeah. a national level uh, before the revolution. And then the revolution came and I um, had an explosion <laughs> of requests to perform. And then one year later, everything just disappeared. Um, so I'm not invited to perform at any festival, um, even after 
my performance at the Nobel Peace Prize concert. Right, right. Uh, that beautiful, beautiful performance, which I would love to talk about in a moment. But please go <laughs> okay. ahead. Go ahead. So it was uh, it was followed closely by by all Tunisians, and I really was very, very, very touched by how nicely welcomed um, my my participation uh, has been received in Tunisia. But even after that, I I haven't really been. So I, I I don't know. I think I have to force things again, and 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 uh, it, it's it's certainly more difficult to play in the in in our regions, in the Arab region, in in my own country, than to play in France, for example, or like in in the Western uh, part of the world, which is a little bit sad, I think, because a lot of the young people who who live there. They're more starving today than a few years ago, right. and and they just need to see different horizons to be inspired and 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 to be pushed to do their own things. It is uh, sad that so many indie artists that I speak with, very fiercely independent and alternative uh, musicians from the Arab world, feel the same way that they are sort of singing uh, welcomed in uh, in the West, yet in their own country are being either censored or they don't feel as welcome, despite the fact that the people of the country are aching and starving to see Aman Mathluthi in concert. <laughs> so it's yeah, not I mean, really the I mean, people it's uh, yeah. other bureaucratic perhaps or governmental uh, restrictions yeah yeah I, I i i really like raised a lot of a lot of question marks but i'm i'm not willing to have uh, give up and uh, with the launch of my new album i'm 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 very determined to go back there and and have uh, at least Three, four uh, gigs tour. Nice. And inshallah, man, you can go to the rest of the Arab world where you yes. are loved and yes. adored. Your courage and the risks you took in, in speaking your word, Kilmiti Hurra, uh, are bearing fruit, Amal, slowly. And perhaps you cannot physically perform there, but thanks to the internet, we are able to see you in concert. And especially the people in Tunisia are able to see you perform at the Nobel Prize ceremony. You were the first Arab artist to actually perform there. It was the first time in history, correct? Oh wow! Yes, I didn't know that. yes, you are. It was the first time that that anybody performed in Arabic there, and we see that video on YouTube. It was so elegant and so beautiful, and uh, I'm dying to ask you how you felt standing on that stage. It really, really, really felt. Um uh, like one of the most beautiful moments in my life. So when I went on stage and I started, uh, I started listening to the orchestra uh, rehearsing by themselves the song. Um, I just had tears in my eyes because um, I had a dream. Since I composed the songs, my I always envisioned it to be played with a huge orchestra and a huge choir and just to represent as much as possible all the union feelings that that are in in the in the song so it was just a dream come true yeah and we, we could um, see it on your face amal there were there was a tear in your eye as you were singing yeah i i felt very vulnerable uh very humbled uh by the a crowd but in the same time i had that same those same strong feelings uh and determination and um, 
just all those feelings as 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 the first time I sang that song uh, um, more like eight years ago. Yeah, back in Tunisia. have to ask about the dress at the Nobel Prize. <laughs> that is the, one of the most beautiful, creative dresses I, we've ever seen. Who, who designed that? So it's actually a, <laughs> it's actually a, a composition of two elements. So um, there's a top and there's a skirt. So it's not actually a dress, but it was a composition that I made out of two uh, gorgeous pieces that I had uh, the great opportunity to, uh, to have. So it it was a skirt by Jean-Paul Gaultier. Ah, there we go. French right. designer. <laughs> Bien sûr. <laughs> and, and the top is from uh, Ahmed Talfit, a young uh, and very promising Tunisian designer. I was very conflicted <laughs> because it was such a such a huge responsibility uh, to okay, what what am I going what am I going to wear on this great performance? But first because it was a very huge uh, stage and uh, and a lot of very internationally renowned artists were going to be there uh, but I wanted also something that would represent exactly uh, how I see things uh, <laughs> um, and I just uh, I just had an inspiration and, and I had exactly the right pieces yes and it worked <laughs> and it worked I mean symbolically even in the outfit you wore it was half western half eastern which is sort of this global yeah, you know yeah, this balance of east and west <laughs> it really worked now Amal you, you mentioned something about you know, perhaps uh, when you tour um, Europe or uh, the U.S., you you notice that there aren't that many Arabs in the audience. Is that what you said? Well, it depends. I mean, in 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 cities like Paris, for example, there's a there there's a lot of uh, communities. There's a, a a big Tunisian community, a big North African community. I, I really want the music to push any any sort of um, barrier and. When we tour in France or in Europe, there's a lot of cities where uh, the communities aren't very um, big, and also my music doesn't necessarily attract the the few people who are there who maybe are more attracted by music that is more ethnic or more uh, uh, Oriental party. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and and it always has been something that. Um, 
that makes me more proud um, because I think it's it's always harder to get the attention um, of people when they don't necessarily understand your language. The language. Um, I will uh, tell you one thing, Amal, that you, inshallah, will be pleasantly surprised when you come to Stanford on October 5th to do your concert to perform at 7.30 p.m. at the Bing Theater, that people are not only uh, listening to you, they'll be singing in Arabic with you. Oh, that's that's <laughs> always like a big plus, like a, a big, big bonus, because, of course, in a lot of my songs, sometimes I, I want to engage with people. It's, it's very important for me uh, to be understood. I like when people engage with my music, but somehow as somebody who writes lyrics, I, it always feels special when I perform in, in, in Cairo or in Tunisia. Mm -hmm. So... To have a little bit of that feeling when I travel is 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 essential to me. It's very precious. Yeah, because the bet betek hon, and you're in the blood now. Rafain ras nafiki ya amal, and I think the the Arab community here is feeling it as well as the Stanford students who, for the past week, have been memorizing in Arabic the lyrics to Kilmati Hurra. So I think when you sing that song on stage, you might be surprised that, that to look and find a sea of uh, Stanford students singing in Arabic. Wow. <laughs> And inshallah, we will get that moment and uh, and uh, uh, and sort of you know take a picture of you with these students who uh, who love you and and respect you. Yes, please. So Amal, uh, to, to wrap things up, I just wanted to mention that the Stanford uh, concert tour is your is kind of the beginning of your fall concert tour that will then take you to uh, New Jersey on October thirteenth. You're going to. Turkey after that, Norway is uh, Sweden, Denmark, and then back to Paris and finally Belgium. Yes, uh, so we've been working on this tour for a long time because uh, I kind of stopped touring after 2014. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit of a, a comeback. And um, I'm really happy because it's, it's going to be my first Scandinavian tour, uh, for example. Because I have never performed uh, in the Scandinavian countries. Wow. I, I have performed in Oslo, but that was under the Nobel celebrations. But this time I'm going to open the Oslo World Music Festival nice. with the same orchestra that this time going to play almost the whole show with me. So uh, it's really, really exciting. Wow. And, and that, uh, that's on November yeah. 1st for our listeners, yes. especially if we, we have listeners worldwide. If you are in Oslo, Norway, do not miss that. November 1st. Do you think, Amal, that you'll be recording, videotaping any of these uh, uh, performances? Absolutely. Please do. <laughs> it's not Please. always easy to organize <laughs> this part, well, especially when you're an independent artist. But uh, I am not going to miss the opportunity of recording at least the my Istanbul show and my Oslo performance with the orchestra. Please do. And I'm saying that on behalf of all your Arab fans. I, you know, I, I, I was speaking to people in Lebanon and in Jordan. And when I said she's coming, they said, please record these new concerts because they don't have access uh, physically. But through the Internet, they can feel that they're yes. part of the experience. Aman Masluthi, I don't know how to thank you for your generosity, your courage, your, your, your unwillingness 
unwavering stand for human rights and for equal rights. We uh, we truly love you, Amal, and we want you to know that we are with you every step of the way here on the Arabology Show, as well as at Stanford. Well, I'm uh, always very, very, very touched by um, all the warmth uh, that you show in your words and all the appreciation that you show in your words about my work. Uh, I'm really, really, really grateful. And uh, it's always a big pleasure um, to talk with you and, and, and to have such nice interviews. So thank you so much. So Amal, for, for our uh, Arab uh, listeners in the Bay Area, especially those coming to the concert, may I ask you to just give them a shout out? Bil-Arabi is Samahti. Of course. Inshallah, we'll see you on October 5th in Stanford. وجيو الحفلة متاعي أنا فرحانة برشا ونستنى على أحر من الجمر باش نتلاقى مع كل المتابعين الموسيقى متاعي في البي اريا alors, pour les Français qui vont venir, les, les francophones ici à San Francisco vous avez peut-être un petit message en français aussi oui, avec plaisir. Euh, ben, j'ai très hâte de vous rencontrer le 5 octobre euh, pour ma première euh, performance euh, euh, dans la baie. Et euh, aussi, c'est quand même un grand honneur pour moi de euh, jouer, euh, de me produire à l'université de Stanford. Et merci beaucoup, Ramzi. <laughs> <laughs> Trilingual, perfectly trilingual. Amal Maslouthi, we are so proud of you in any language. And we are looking forward to seeing you on October 5th. You're going to have a full day, I think, at Stanford. You're, you're having lunch at the Marikas with some of the students, I believe. And yes. I, I consider me your uncle, who will be uh, walking you from place to place. And any questions you may have, I will be there for with you that day thank you thank you so much dear Ramzi and I'm looking so forward to meet you because we have never met again ladies and gentlemen October 5th uh, Amal's concert begins at 7.30 p.m. at the Bing it will be preceded by a talk by uh, yours truly as well as Professor Joel Bainan will be setting the stage at 6.30 p.m. for Amal's performance which begins at 7.30 so try to arrive by 6 6.30 and by 7.30 we will be taken on Amal's musical journey at the Bing. Con uh, tickets are still available through the Bing concert hall so if you haven't bought your tickets run and get them and Amal shukran uh, next time I see you kiddo it was it'll be in person Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Inshallah. And I know you're with the jet lag. Perhaps you should go back to sleep now that I woke you up <laughs> to give this real. Yeah, <laughs> Thank bon you. Bon voyage. Merci. A bientôt. A bientôt. A bientôt. Merci. Et Aishik, ma salama. Ma salama. Shukran, Amal. Sans <laughs> 
Sweet, 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 sweet